What if there was a different way to live and work beyond the hustle and hype, beyond the never ending race to get more, do more, be more, a way that's nourishing, grounded, creative, and aligned with your deepest, truest self. You're listening to Alchemy in Action with me, your host, Amanda Cook. In each episode, we'll explore nature-based personal growth for high-achieving women. Join me to create a life and work that truly fit you, infused with meaning and magic. Hello, hello, Wellpreneur podcast listeners. Well, you know, last week we were talking about doing some business planning and planning for your 2018. Well, this week, I've got a fantastic guest on the show who is actually talking to us about how she experienced better results in her business when she just acknowledged what was right in front of her, let go, stopped planning so much, and just really went with the flow. So we're going to kind of look at both sides of the coin here. And I really think there's a place for us to use both of these approaches in our business. I really believe in the value of having a plan and having clear goals. But once you've set those and you're really clear on them, I think you need to be open to some serendipity and see what opportunities present themselves as well. So we'll be talking about that in this week's episode. In case you missed my big announcement last week, my husband and I are gearing up for a massive trip. We're going from Hong Kong to London by train. It's going to take us 10 weeks and we're starting next week. So if you'd like to follow along with our journey, we've set up a website about it and also an Instagram account. The website is andouroutheradventures.com, andouroutheradventures.com, and the Instagram account is andouroutheradventures. In 10 weeks, we're going to go from Hong Kong, around China, through Mongolia, across Russia, across Siberia, actually, in February, which is going to be really cold, and then up to St. Petersburg, and then back down through the Baltics and into Europe, and finally over on the Eurostar into London. So it's going to be a really epic adventure. And I'd love to chat with you more about it. I'll try to pop into the Facebook group from time to time when I can get online, but definitely follow andouroutheradventures.com if you'd like to see the full journey. Now, during this season, I want to share with you some of the tools that I personally use to run my business that you might not know about yet. So the first tool I want to talk about is my online scheduler. Do you have an online scheduler yet? If not, seriously, what are you waiting for? If you have to do any kind of appointments with clients or with potential partners, basically meeting with anyone and you need to schedule a call, you really need to have your schedule online. You won't even believe how much of a headache it saves. So the tool that I use after having tried quite a few different ones, I currently use and love Acuity Scheduling. Acuity is awesome. So basically you can hook it up to your Google Calendar or whatever calendar you use, and then you can create different session times. So I have like a smaller, shorter session for discovery calls with potential clients. I've got client session times. I've got podcast interview times. And when a client wants to book an appointment with you, you have a customized URL that you send them to that opens your online calendar and they can pick the type of appointment they want and then they can see all of your availability. It is so easy. It even converts like their time zones. It'll make appointments on their own calendar and then it sends them email reminders. I mean, it is, it's really life-changing. So even if you've only got like one appointment a week, I'd really encourage you to get an online scheduler. It looks super professional. I often get comments, surprisingly, because really it's just a tool I'm using, but I get comments from people saying, oh, this is so cool, your calendar's online, and it saves so much time with the back and forth and reminders. 
So anyway, if you'd like to give Acuity Scheduling a try, you can try that through wellpreneuronline.com slash Acuity. That is an affiliate link, which means I get a little tiny commission if you sign up for a paid plan through that link. But I really appreciate your support to support the Wellpreneur podcast. So again, that's wellpreneuronline.com slash Acuity. So this week's guest, as I talked about briefly before, is Jules Schroeder. And Jules is from the Unconventional Life Show. And in our interview today, we're going to be talking about the transformation she's gone through in her business, how she's really learned to let go and go with the flow, and also around the energetics of money and how to make decisions in your business. And this idea of like, if it's not a hell yes, it's a no, like being really aligned and enthusiastic about what you're doing in your business. Now, of course, are you going to be enthusiastic about every single little thing like, woohoo, I'm doing my accounting? No, of course not. But to be really aligned with like the big projects that you're working on, with the direction that you're going in your business, and not to do things that you're just so, so about. It'll really make a huge difference in your life and your business. As always, you can get all the links to everything we're going to talk about in the show notes, which are available at wellpreneuronline.com. And don't forget that we'll be having a discussion about each week's episode over in our Facebook community, which is called the Wellpreneur Community Group on Facebook. There's over 3,000 Wellpreneurs in there, and I'd love to have you be a part of it too. So now let's get into our interview with Jules Schroeder. Hey, Jules, welcome to the show. Great to be here. Thanks for having me. So you are a guest on the podcast because you were so highly referred by a mutual friend. And apparently you have this incredible story about allowing like ease and flow into your business life. So I'm super excited to have you here to talk about that. But why don't we kick it off with how would you describe the work you do? <laughs> That's a great question. And I love being connected. I was actually speaking at a digital nomad conference in Portugal with Shili uh, and Marcus. And I'm glad that meeting Chris kind of opened up our connection. But I would say for me, the work that I create in the world, you know, I run this company called Unconventional Life. But what it really is, is the movement of really stepping into yourself, of being in a place of full self-expression, and all of your gifts, all of your talents, all of your passions in every area of your life, not just your career, and really creating a lifestyle and a business or you know a job that expresses that and encompasses that. And so for me, I would say a lot of my work now feels like it's very much being created through me, as in I'm opening myself up to be the vessel in which it or the medium in which it gets expressed in the world rather than being created by me, in which I'm the one actively driving the ship, hustling, making the connections, making it happen, which is very much the model in which a lot of us are brought into. And I wouldn't say that it's always been that way. Um, we'll get into my story in a little bit. There is definitely a turning point of when that shifted for me. But I would say since I very much get to be the embodiment of this work moving through me, so it allows a lot of things to happen effortlessly. And I call it minimum movement, maximum impact. It's how to take one step forward and get 10 steps out and ultimately be more productive and efficient with the time that we have. Oh, I love it. Yes, that is exactly what I want to talk about. <laughs> I love this idea of like the way you describe that. It's almost like, you know, stepping into the flow and just like allowing yes. it to carry you. And you can like, you know, if you step into the river and suddenly you're moving so much faster because the universe is carrying you along as well. It's not just you fighting for it. 
Yes, totally. And I personally have a philosophy, you know, we talk about um, these miracles or synchronicities where, you know, the flow, like something seems to happen, a door opens where it was otherwise closed. And we usually relate to them as almost like accidental or rare once in a while occurrences. And a lot of what I can share and a lot of how I view my life is you can actually be at the source of generating those things so that you can literally live an entire lifestyle based on being in that type of flow consciousness. And it makes it way more fun and enjoyable. So we can definitely get into more of that. Yeah, awesome. So why don't you tell us about that turning point? What was your life like before and what opened your eyes to this different way of living and working? Yeah, so my three-minute story based on 10 years. (laughs) So for me, I ran my first six-figure company at 18, seven-figure company at 22. For the women that are in the U.S. that are listening to this, I started a feather business for girls that were wearing feathers in their hair. It was a, a big trend a few years ago, and it was my first internet business. But by the time I was 24, I had a book publishing company and literally uh, had about 25 employees, two other business partners, and overnight went into about $200,000 worth of debt. Over the course of eight months, I lost everything that I thought was important to me. So at the time, um, we figured out how to make books bestsellers on Amazon back in 2012 before that was a thing. And we took the algorithm and made a seven-figure company out of it. And then, you know, was working with people like Mind Valley and Dave Asprey, the Bulletproof Coffee Guy, and some others in the personal development industry. And over the course of eight months, I got to literally lose everything that I thought was important to me. My business, the status, clients were $30,000 per person working with us at the time. So a few refunds in addition to the embezzlement, uh, we dealt with the DA, the IRS. And my motto was very much, you know, okay, I'm draining my savings. Clients are unhappy. Let me do more. Let me work harder. I'll just start more businesses. Instead of eight hours a day, I'll work 12. Instead of 12, I'll work 16. And after about eight months of that, I had totally ran my health into the ground was having brain fogs about four to five times a day. I ended the relationship with my other business partner. And, you know, at the time, I really felt like I'd hit rock bottom where I stepped back and I asked myself, I was like, who am I without the status and the success and ultimately all the things that I had been taught to chase for? And even though I had been successful and even though I was an entrepreneur, I still wasn't living on my own terms. And I was so caught in this like hustle culture where I could never even enjoy the success that I had. You know, I would set a goal for myself. And then as soon as I would hit it, I'd be on to the next peak. I was like, okay, cool. If I can just, you know, get this $10,000 in business, then then I'll be happy. And then that would happen. And I'd be like, oh, wait, wait, that's not enough. Look at all these other people. I got to get to 40,000 or 100,000. And I never was happy. And I never actually got to appreciate anything that I had. And in a lot of ways was very much um, in my head and not really in my body. And even if someone had said that to me at the time, I would have been like, what are you talking about? And this concept of intuition or connecting with myself or even the concept of flow wasn't even um, in my vocabulary or even available to me as a distinction. So what I did uh, was instead of doing more, I said, hey, what if I just stopped and did less? And I enrolled everybody in my life and I was like, for the next 60 days, I'm going to literally do nothing. And I'm gonna run an experiment And my only experiment is I only want to be a yes to the things in my life that are truly 100% full-bodied yeses. I call them the hell yeses, or I'm just going to be a no. So literally, like my only metric was like, is this a full-bodied hell yes, or is it a no? And if it was a no, I was just not going to do it anymore. And so at the time, it was like an interesting thing to tell people in my life, hey guys, like my response time is going to be a little bit slower. 
And, you know, I'm only going to be a yes if it's a full-bodied yes. And for those that are listening to this, what I mean by that, it's like the kind of invitation that when someone asks you, whether it's like, hey, do you want to go on this trip with me? Or, hey, you know, do you want to go out to dinner? Like you're already yesing it before, you know, the request is even being done made. And then there are the yeses that we often say yes to that are kind of like the maybe yeses or the obligatory yeses, the ones where we're like, well, you know, if I go to this party and I meet this person, then it could be this, you know, potential full-bodied yes. Or someone's like, hey, can you come, you know, help me out this weekend? And you're like, oh, I don't want to, but I don't want to be a bad friend. So I guess I will. And so I was interested in that. And what I found that by actually eliminating the, you know, maybe yeses, I found that the outcomes that I were getting were maybe outcomes. And what I found that every full-bodied yes, when I said yes to that, produced like a 100% outcome and anything less than that only produced a, a lesser outcome. And so I spent 45 days, essentially the first step of this was getting awareness. And for those that are hearing this, you don't have to spend 60 days doing it. You literally could put it into practice between now and the next week and just start to notice all the invitations that you have in your life. You know, what do they feel like? Is it that full-bodied yes? And then just notice the result, what ends up happening. And I found full-bodied yeses were the quantum accelerators. When I said yes to those things, that's when I got 10x growth. That's mm-hmm. when, when I did it, it was like the 10x outcome in terms of opportunity. But anything that was less than 100% literally gave me that ratio back in return. And I found that the more I said no, it made space for the bigger yeses, but ultimately the more aligned yeses. And what I didn't realize at the time was this was my first start in cultivating intuition. And for those that are hearing this that you know haven't worked with it or not known how to access it directly, that literally being able to hear those full-bodied yeses and put them into practice was literally syncing up a higher um, calibration of opportunity and ultimately frequency for yourself. And so if you're really wanting to kind of get away from that spinning a wheel or jump into that next level of business or personal growth, like noticing those aligned yeses and acting on them is what I found to be the key to doing that. And I've been doing that for about three years now. And so I found that that very much has been the tipping point. And in a lot of ways, it kind of takes the guesswork out of stuff. Like I don't now have to think like, oh, should this be that opportunity? Should I not? And I found I spent so much time being indecisive, like, oh, like maybe this could be that thing, or maybe I should take this business thing. And now I know it's like, if it's not a full-bodied yes, it's not a hell yes, and it's just no. And, uh, you know, case in point, I got invited to go to Summit Series last weekend, which those that don't know Summit Series, it's like, it's a 4,500 person entrepreneur event with people like Richard Branson and Tim Ferriss and, you know, some of the cutting like thought leaders, founders of PayPal. And I checked in on my own radar and it was an 80%. And in my usual model, I would have just been a no. And I was like, you know what? I think I could deal with 80%. Even if I get it, like all these great people are going to be there and it could be so good for my business and the contacts. And what I didn't take into account was day two when I woke up, I actually felt the 20% depletion of not being in my 100% self-expression and noticed with that like decrease in energy, it actually ended up only being a 60% for me. And when I looked back at the experience, I only got about a 60% outcome. So, I mean, it's a reminder that, you know, years later, I still put into practice. And for those that are hearing this, I mean, you could literally try this out for the next week and notice the difference that it makes. And it's so subtle. And I find, you know, with some of the biggest business leaders that, you know, I speak to that put this into practice, it has quantum shifts. Mm -hmm. Well, it's almost like, you know, sometimes you hear or you read in business books, people talking about like checking in with your gut or just using like, yeah, using intuition. Although a lot of the guys don't call it intuition, but they have like that quote gut instinct that they follow. And I think that's 
kind of what you're describing, like checking in with your body. I'm curious about is for some people listening, like I think our audience is pretty tuned in with their body in general because we're in wellness. But for somebody that isn't used to listening to their body, especially if it's somebody that's like really like intellectual, like kind of likes to reason things out with their head. Do you have some advice for like, how can you start to discern that even to listen to figure out if it's a yes or no? Yeah, it's an awesome question. And I was literally sitting on the deck in Sedona, Arizona a few months ago, sharing with this friend of mine. And he's um, the founder of this huge uh, online media company. They do like nine figures a year. And he's like 28 and he's ridiculous. And I was sitting and he's like, Jules, like, I really think you're onto something, but like, I don't like, I don't get it. And so what he did is he actually created an Excel spreadsheet. And so he's like, what I do get is Excel and I get spreadsheets. So every night before bed, he literally put line by line the different decisions he had to make. And he put a tally on which experiences, like what the experience was and then how it went and then how it felt. And he just started to literally calculate the trends day after day after day and notice the patterns of recognition. He was like, actually, wow, like the decisions that I wasn't so excited about are the ones that I felt resistant to that I just did because I had to, like those weren't actually the high leverage. They didn't produce those high leverage results. And so without using like the full bodied intuition way of thinking about it, he was able to just kind of look um, in terms of the data and use that as a trend and just kind of notice, huh, okay, I wasn't excited about this one. And okay, this was the result. Oh, and I did that four more times that week. But actually the things that I was excited about that did feel good, those were actually the things that really produced, you know, the highest leverage growth or essentially acceleration in my business that week. And so that could be a, a great practice as well. And I think as a macro perspective, this hell yes or no thing, or even the Excel thing, it's really part of what I call this toolkit, where there's so many different ways to either access your body, or even if you're not used to it, um, being able to be aware of kind of being in this flow. And this is really just one tool of many that I found for myself, that if I have a solid toolkit, where I can reliably listen to myself, and hear myself and make decisions with myself, no matter what I'm doing, whether it's the business I'm doing now or another one I create in the future, I can move through life in an effortless and easy way that produces results. Like my company on conventional life was an accidental six-figure revenue stream that started out of a dream. <laughs> like it was never supposed to be a company and that happened like in the last six months. And uh, now we're on track to do seven figures like in a year and a half. And it's all come from having these toolkits. And so for those hearing this, it's just an offering like on a macro context that this is just one tool of many tools that you can use to ultimately develop the relationship to yourself. And I find that if you have a relationship to yourself first and foremost, and there's enough space, you ultimately can hear the wisdom that you already know and ultimately hear kind of the next decision to go. So it's like, instead of doing and asking and like trying to make something happen, it's actually like counterintuitive where you're creating more space and you're listening and you're waiting. And that I think is one of the pieces that this, you know, hell yes or no game or, or tool can offer. Okay. So this idea that, you know, what if you do an experiment and for a couple of weeks, you just do the things that you really get a hell yes about. Okay. So I'm sure some people are out there thinking, well, I wouldn't do anything, <laughs> you know, like, especially I know, I mean, when you hit a point in your life, depending if you've got a lot going on and family stress and work stress and all this stuff, sometimes you just want to be like curl up under your comforter and hide for a week, you know? So yeah. yeah, what do you, I don't know if somebody's out there thinking, oh my gosh, if I did that, I literally would do nothing. <laughs> what do you think? About yeah, that? 
I would say you should totally do that. <laughs> like we like there is no shame or there's nothing wrong with actually doing nothing. And what I mean by that is sometimes we're so exhausted, like we're going at such a rapid pace. Like for me, like I do these, you know, international five day business accelerators and we're bringing like 80 people to tree houses in Nicaragua in two weeks. And so I'm operating at a much faster pace than usual, but I can feel the impact it has on my nervous system. And sometimes we can't even feel our own impact. Like when I look at a lot of my life before the embezzlement, like I was just moving and moving and moving. Like I couldn't even feel the impact of being exhausted. And so I'd say that giving yourself the space to feel and resource and like self-care is one of my highest priorities. I actually don't work before 12 o'clock every day. And then I work from four, I work uh, four to six hours a day. And there's all these studies that have actually been shown that four to six hours is like the most productive period. But beyond that, I find I get more done in four to six hours than when I was working eight to 10 a day. I find though that that self-care, it's like critical. And the bigger game you're playing in the world, the more money you're wanting to make, the more impact you're wanting to make, the more you're wanting to create, the more self-care you need in order to support yourself to be the leader to hold that kind of a vision. And so if you're hearing this and like following, you know, that full-bodied yes is lying in bed, then you probably need it. And, you know, another tool that I'll offer is noticing, you know, what I call the, the highest excitement. And it's noticing the things that you naturally just feel alive and excited by and following that. And that also being another clue of like, hey, like this is actually like if you move in this direction, this is actually going to be where you're going to find the flow versus the resistance and the exhaustion and the struggle. And so, yeah, feeling and having space has like been paramount and crucial. And a lot of us, we don't talk about it as much, yet it's the thing that actually makes the whole thing work, in my opinion. And I've found, you know, at times when I've been really burnt out and I just give myself that space and permission to do nothing for a while, for a few weeks, then your creativity comes back and suddenly you start to get interested in stuff again, right? And then that's probably where you'll start having, at least for me, then I've been like, oh, I didn't lose it all. It's just, I was exhausted. And now like I can feel myself coming alive and being interested in the world again. Totally. And like being resourced is like, you know, I find it's, it's huge. And for me, I actually um, used to be a sponsored snowboarder for a while. And I've, you know, had a series of concussions and brain injuries and like through the course of all of that, um, had post-concussive syndrome and fractured two vertebrae in my neck. And they were basically like, look, your brain's not going to be able to work anymore. Like you should just expect to have headaches and brain fogs and all this stuff. And I was like, no, there has to be another way. And, um, it sent me down this huge health rabbit hole, if you will. And, you know, I worked with diet, cut out gluten, cut out dairy for the last four years, worked with like mindfulness practices. I'm a yoga teacher. I love doing CrossFit and just started to kind of look at my health uh, in a very holistic perspective. But more than any of that, the resourcing has been uh, huge and allowing that to happen. And I guess like sometimes our life, I find, gives us these experiences where you could look at it and be like, wow, that totally sucks that that happens. But I, I kind of view it like, wow, actually, you know, I was so stubborn that I needed something to get my attention. And so I find that uh, if there's something in your life right now that you're being challenged by, I usually relate to it as a clue or an indicator that it's trying to get your attention to pivot you in another direction. And so just noticing that and actually having the space to be able to look, because that's, I think, where we find and where I found, you know, my best directive insight. So do you use this like that your yes and no feeling for like marketing too? So are you like, hell yes, I want to be on Facebook and do Facebook lives? Because <laughs> I bet a lot of people are like, <laughs> I know a lot of people in the Wellprinter audience struggle with this. It's not just Facebook. That's just an example. But like people are like, oh, I really don't want to do whatever. I don't want to blog. I don't want to do Facebook, but have to. 
there's a lot of that like and then you know guess how good their facebook marketing is not so good because they don't totally they're not aligned yet. so <laughs> what do you do there yeah um this relates to everything and i find it gets even harder the more like you go especially in the realm of business stuff because you know we are consumers right if you're listening to this podcast chances are you've listened to a lot of these podcasts or you listen to other podcasts or you are reading about facebook marketing or instagram marketing or the next strategy or this thing and frankly, like it can be so overwhelming. Like I know for myself, I've been so overwhelmed by it. And there's also such beauty in being able to hear stuff and be able to implement it. But I find that like ultimately, like it comes down to alignment. And if you're not excited about something and it doesn't feel good and you just do it because you like have heard other people be successful with it, in my own experience, it's not going to be as effective. And what I mean is, could you get results that way? Of course you could. But you also could do something else that's in more alignment, that feels way more effortless, that has way more ease, that's going to generate you way more results. And, you know, my company, Unconventional Life, I started um, literally hosting this podcast on Forbes and uh, this Forbes blog. And uh, this all actually got birthed in this near-death experience that I had a year later. So my like embezzlement thing was definitely not rock bottom. I had this near-death experience a year after that, which is a whole another story that I could go into. But it ended up birthing this whole uh, company, essentially, that got born out of a dream. And I've we've done international accelerators all over the world at a castle in Italy. We brought people to Bali, now to Nicaragua. And we've done it all organically. I've spent $0 in marketing. Every person that I've talked to, our attendees are sharing our events. I do no Facebook Lives. Like I just got on Instagram two weeks ago <laughs> because I was in Iceland and this woman was like, Jules, like, this is ridiculous. Like you're not on Instagram. She's like, you're the worst millennial ever because <laughs> I'm not on Snapchat and I'm not on all these things. And I don't care. And what I mean by that is that like, I'm just so clear that when I really commit my energy to something that excites me, I know I will be able to get results. And if you're hearing this, like you have to know in yourself that you reliably are able to get results even if it feels like in this exact moment, you're not getting all of the results that you want. Like I trust that you're a competent and capable being. And so I find that if I'm experiencing a lot of resistance at something, it's not because I'm not good at it or because I need to learn more about it. It's actually just an indicator that, hey, there's actually something I might be missing in this picture. There might be another way instead of pushing, there might be another way I could pause and I could step back and I could reflect and say, hey, there might be something that's actually more aligned with my gifts and my desires. And I could do that instead. And for me, I'm like, okay, cool. I don't want to do Facebook live and I don't care about paid advertising and Facebook ads. So what I do like doing is talking to people and I'm so good at figuring out people's gifts and then empowering them in their gifts. So what did I do instead is I empowered attendees that loved our events. And I was like, Hey, if you want to go share about our event with your friends, I would be happy to give you a commission on the event or have you come at a discounted rate for our next event. And so it was another strategy of selling out events that was fun for me. I got to talk to my friends and do it that way rather than, hey, like, let me warm up a cold audience through Facebook Lives. So I find that if you use your creativity to kind of step back, you can notice where that excitement is calling you and follow that rather than kind of the model of what you should because what other people are doing. And it produces one a lot more fun, but a lot more results. I think there's definitely fear that's going to come up for people doing that too, because I see so often, you know, people really want... They just want someone to tell them the formula that they can follow yeah. and they know it's going to work. And I hear so often people saying, I just want to know, like, what's the thing that's going to make me successful so I don't have to waste my time? And it's like they just want 
They want like the magic formula. And what you're saying is actually, yeah, you could push and struggle and get some results with that. But really, it's following you with your hell yeses. Totally. It's coming back to that toolkit. And, you know, I shared like the hell yes or no is a tool in the toolkit. Following your highest excitement is another tool in the toolkit. Noticing where resistance is as an indicator to pause and maybe pivot is another tool. And the last thing that I'll share around a tool is something I call rapid visioning. And it's a process that it's like moment by moment creation. And for those that are listening, like literally, like I'll share this process and you can pause this audio and like do it right now. (laughs) Like it's literally like the minimum movement, maximum impact strategy. And, you know, case in point, I came out of this breakup about six months ago and, you know, I was sitting in my mountain house. I live in Colorado and I was just like totally bummed. And I was like, where are my women at? Like, I really want to go on a ladies trip. And I put out a post on Facebook and I was like, any woman want to take like a bucket list adventure looking for some like badass ladies to come travel? And I said to myself, I was like, okay, if no one comments, like I'm just going to delete it in an hour. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> we've all been there, right? Like we're like, I don't want to put this out there. Okay, I'm going to delete it an hour. And I went to go get a glass of water and I came back to my computer and it was blowing up. And in a matter of an hour, there was like 150 comments. It was my most viral post. People were tagging friends of friends of friends. And I said to myself, I was like, huh, okay. There seems to be a lot of interest. Like I was getting direct messages from men being like, I think you're onto something with this woman thing and we should start a whole business and a mastermind and blah, blah, blah. And I'm just sitting here like, I just was heartbroken. I just want to hang out with my friends. Like (laughs) I just want the people to travel with. And so I said, I was like, what's the next logical step? I was like, oh, I should put all these people in a Facebook group because the conversation is getting confusing. So 100 women joined this Facebook group that are all interested in taking some experience. And I'm like, huh, what would be the next logical step? Oh, I should just make a, you know, an application with a deposit to pay for a trip that people said they were interested in. 40 women said yes to a $2,000 experience. And in three days, I generated an $80,000 revenue stream for a business for a completely side business that was unrelated to my industry out of one Facebook post. And I did it by following this rapid visioning strategy, which is literally like staying present in what's happening in the moment and creating moment by moment by moment. And it would have been totally different to kind of be like, okay, cool. I want to do something for women. I want to take a trip. Let me research all of my competitors. Let me fine tune my avatar. And then let me, you know, step out this like 10 step plan and do this strategy. And then like three months from now, maybe I can consider, you know, collecting money. And instead I did it in reverse and just started with, hey, I have an idea. Is there any interest in it? And for those that are hearing this, you literally could post on Facebook or LinkedIn or even call someone and say, hey, I've got this idea. I don't know if it's any good or not. Here's what I'm thinking. Like, are you interested? And just see what kind of traction you get from it. And it could be a business that you already have. And then from that place, then ask yourself, okay, cool. What's that next step? Should I, like, maybe I didn't get a ton of traction. Maybe I should post it somewhere else. Or maybe I got so much traction. Hey, maybe I should do like a group call. And then let that dictate your next step, your next step, and your next step. And I find that when you create that way, you get more of an accurate pulse of what's really happening in reality. And it's also, in my opinion, the fastest path to cash. And there's been so much... um, you know, living in this influencer world in the online world where it's like, build your brand, you know, build community. And those things are all important. Absolutely. But then there's also like, hey, like, it's not a business unless you can generate money and actually like, keep the lights on. Otherwise, I think it's like a really awesome hobby. So if that's important, not that it's the end all of importance, how can you stay present and actually creating something that that does it all? 
And I find rapid visioning in that step-by-step creative way allows you to do that in in the least resistance and ultimately the most um, easy fashion. So you mentioned, just to kind of rewind a little bit, you mentioned a couple times earlier in the interview about this dream you had that helped you to start your business. Can you, yeah. did you share about that? Are you, are you going to talk about that? <laughs> yeah, totally. So I, about a year before that, um, I had this near-death experience and it was a wakeboarding accident, summer day in Colorado and uh, hit the hit the water, face planted, definitely thought I was uh, hurt, but didn't think I was seriously hurt from the athletic background that I had. And about an hour later, I got off the boat and I was in the bathroom and I was in the stall and I felt my whole face out of nowhere start to get numb and tingly and couldn't feel a lot of my body. And I got out of the bathroom and uh, barely was able to make it out. And I said to my friend, I was like, whoa, like something doesn't feel right. I don't remember anything after that, but I do remember being in the hospital room and coming out of the MRI and being on the hospital bed. And then this white figure and six black shadow council member approaching me. And we had a conversation. And at the time they thought my neck was broken and they thought it was paralyzed. And this conversation was, Jules, you have more work to do in the world. Do you want to do it? And I just remember saying, yes, as long as I don't come back as a vegetable. And in that moment got zapped back into my body, felt this energy forge my neck back together and shoot down my spine. And the moment that I woke up, like everything felt altered, like who I was before and who I was after um, shifted. And, you know, we talked earlier about, you know, that pivotal moment and actually, you know, it started with that embezzlement, but I thought that was the rock bottom uh, there with that hell yes or no game. And what I didn't actually realize it was a year later with this near death experience that it was the final culmination of this like transformation that I had been going through. And three weeks later, I get a call from this woman and she's like, hey, can you come consult our team tomorrow? Like they're all flying in and I'm wearing a neck brace at the time. And I'm like, oh, it's not really the best time. But I checked in and it was a total hell yes. And I was like, uh. <laughs> and so I called her. I was like, you know, I'll be there. And it turns out she's working for the UN, the United Nations. And she was part of the 17 Globals Goals campaign. And this voice says to me, is like, tell her you're in higher education and it's called Create You. It wasn't in higher education. I had no initiative called Create You. And I just shared it. And she was like, oh, that's awesome. Like, can you be at the UN in three weeks to be like our global ambassador for education? And I was like, um, <laughs> well, <laughs> I like don't really have a business or a plan and I'm in a neck brace and I kind of just had this experience, but sure. So I get it all together. I go to the UN. I'm on the way to the UN and I get a call from Forbes 30 under 30. And they're like, hey, we heard about what you're doing in education at the UN. We'd love you to come to Forbes 30 under 30. And it's like a week after the UN. I'm just sitting there. I'm like, okay, I'll be there. Flash forward a few months after that, I have no blogging experience, no writing experience. And I say to my then boyfriend, I was like, I think I want to start writing for Forbes. And he's like, okay. A week later, I get an email from Forbes. Hey, like we heard what you're doing in the world. You know, we'd love for you to start writing for us. And I was like, oh, actually, like I've got this idea for this podcast. It's called Unconventional Life. And they're like, oh, why don't you make it the official podcast of Forbes under 30? And I'm like, okay, I don't have any podcasting experience. I've never done a podcast. <laughs> Called up all my friends. And in three weeks, I was live on a podcast. And so I'm sharing all this really as like what's kind of shifted coming back to the theme I started beginning with my life being created through me rather than being created by me. Uh, It led me until I had this dream, which was about a year and a half ago. Last August, I'd been running the podcast and I saw this vision for 30 entrepreneurs gathering and I woke up in Bali for the first words out of my mouth. And it was one of the dreams where, you know, it shook me to my core and I wasn't in live events, had no experience in live events, but it was one of these dreams that it nagged me for two weeks. 
And I said to my then partner, I was like, oh, what do I do? He's like, Jules, I, I think you create a live event. And a lot of us, we get these pings that happen all the time. You know, sometimes they come in the shower. Sometimes it's when you're driving. Maybe you're like me and it comes in your dreams. And we tend to dismiss them like, oh, that's crazy talk. I don't have time for that. Like, that's just a dream or, you know, that's just, you know, irrelevant. And this was the thing that I couldn't get it out of my mind. And so in seven weeks, I created my first event and literally generated six figures in revenue in a matter of seven weeks. And I sold out in Bali. And I just remember my dad saying, he was like, how the heck are you going to convince 30 people to fly halfway across the world with no track record and no experience in two months? And I was like, dad, I'm just following the flow. And um, (laughs) he's like a Wall Street, New York City, like super practical guy, you know, and he's like, okay, okay, Jules, whatever you say. And I did. And it was in that moment where it was the first time in my life where, you know, it felt like 100% full bodied yes, where I was expressed in all of my gifts. And for those tuning in that are uh, multi-passionate Like I got to literally bring my yoga facilitating. I'm also a musician and a performer with my music, with my love of connecting, with my love of business, all at the same time. And I said to people, I was like, I don't know if we'll do this again. I don't know when, where, how much, but give me a deposit and we'll definitely do it. And 30% of the people on the spot said yes. And then I had to figure out how to take payment. And I was like, huh, okay. Like, I think I'm on to something. Flash forward, like Inc. Magazine hears about these events. Frank's me is like one of 27 women entrepreneurs changing the world in 2017 for the live events that we did, which I just did the first one, like literally a month ago, we get over 300 applications for our next event for a castle in Italy, sell it out in a month and a half. And now it's just been like iterating again and again and again. And this whole unconventional life brand has just like, it was never even supposed to be a company. And, you know, I said earlier, it was this accidental six figure revenue stream where it did. And I just kind of was like, huh, like, I really think like I'm, I'm onto something. And it was so created in flow and in passion that I actually was running a marketing company at the time and put so much attention and energy into making that thing great. Yet when I actually like let the reins go and allowed the space and life to naturally flow and happen, like it actually had a bigger plan, the flow, which is called unconventional life to be like, you know, a sought after live experiences company for entrepreneurs. And it's like, oh, wow, like that was actually the thing that was making space for. And so I share that all um, as a story, but also as a way to offer like, Sometimes I find that we cling, and you might be doing this in your own life, clinging on to the thing that you think is like the form of the expression. Like you think this company is supposed to be this way and like you're going again and again and again to make it happen. And sometimes every person that I interview on my podcast, you know, where they end up is never where they think they're going. And only by like letting your foot off the gas a little bit and loosening the reins a little bit, can you make space for the higher aligned opportunity or yes to kind of show up and you know, ultimately um, to give you more income and more impact and more excitement and fun in your life. Awesome. That's a great message to end on too. I love that. It feels so freeing. Like just, (laughs) you know, maybe it's okay to make space and see what shows up. So let's bring it back to really practical here at the end. So what are a couple things? I mean, you've given lots of great tools throughout our conversation, but so if there's just like one thing that, that everyone listening can do this week to start to get more aligned, what would you recommend? The first thing I would say is I would say to actually give yourself an hour every day. And that might be a lot of time. So maybe you start with a half an hour and have it be completely unstructured time. So don't be like, okay, this half hour, I'm going to go do yoga or I'm going to go meditate or I'm going to read or I'm going to whatever, like actually get to the half an hour with no agenda and sit in the uncomfortableness of that half an hour or hour 
and see what you naturally want to do. And it sounds kind of simple, but what you're actually doing is you're giving yourself space to check in with what actually feels alive. And you're also giving yourself room to cultivate a relationship to yourself. You're literally like you would go to the gym. You wouldn't like, you know, start lifting like a ton of weights before like warming up. You're like literally beginning the foundational elements of working this new muscle called giving yourself space, hearing yourself, which ultimately contributes to this kind of stuff. And if you're someone like myself, that's like you get to the half an hour and you're running late on emails and you're like, I'm too exhausted. I don't feel like it. This is stupid. Like do it anyways, because I find that when you have more resistance, it's even more of an indicator of what else could be possible. So I would do that as a practice and do it for a week and notice it. And then the second piece on what I shared earlier is just literally make it a practice every night, even if it takes five minutes and just check in on what happened in your day, the decisions you made and how they felt and what the results were. And just start to data that out for a week and notice the patterns you notice. And I find that if you're like me, you'll notice that you give your time and your resource away in so many places that you don't have to. So many times we give our energy and we think we have to, like that's going to be the thing to make our business grow, our life grow, et cetera. And it's not my own experience. And so really giving yourself permission to have a boundary and be discerning with your time and your energy and noticing where you're giving it is the first step because awareness is, is more important than action in a lot of ways. And if you can cultivate that awareness, you can then start to pivot and ultimately create like everything that you want out of your life, whether that's, you know, income, money, success, lifestyle, or you know, the unconventional life is all of it all the time. So. Jules, thank you so much. Where can people get in touch with you or listen to your podcast and learn more about what you do? Yeah, well, you guys can all uh, search on iTunes for unconventional life. Uh, we've got tons of episodes of, you know, all different kinds of guests. And uh, you can also head over to unconventionallifeshow.com. And, you know, if you're like me and you're wanting community or to be connected with other like-minded people that really get you, and see you in the full capacity of your gifts and expression. You know, we do uh, all kinds of like five-day life and business accelerators all over the world. And we've got Cape Town, South Africa, Hawaii, Greece, and Bali on our agenda for next year. So unconventionallifeshow.com, you can get all the details about that. Awesome. Thanks so much for being here. This has been really inspiring. Thanks so much for having me. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Wellpreneur podcast. As always, you can get all the links to everything we talk about in the show notes at wellpreneuronline.com. And don't forget my tool of the week, which is acuity scheduling. If you'd like to give it a try and simplify all of your appointment setting with your clients and interviewees and potential partners, then check out acuity scheduling. You can try it at wellpreneuronline.com slash acuity. Have a fantastic week, guys. Don't forget to swing by our Facebook community and jump into the discussion about this week's episode. And I'll see you back here with the next episode. Bye.